Hello, I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team. And I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge. To find out more information about the Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Special guest for you, uh, Troy Ball, uh, author of Pure Heart, a spirit tale of grace, grit, and whiskey here on the Boss Man Show. Troy, got to talk to you tonight. How are things with you? I'm great, JR. I'm happy to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. And I, I'm really interested about your, your book because, you know, I, I, be on the, I like alcohol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's a good thing. I'm your woman then. Yeah, I like alcohol. So, full disclosure, I like alcohol. So your book really got my attention. So I really like uh, that. I now I know the secret to being on this show. Yes, ma'am. Food yeah. and alcohol and sports always gets it done. That's a good combo. It's been popular for this book tour too. Yes, ma'am. We have a little whiskey tasting along this book book signing. Yes, ma'am. Let me ask you this. What are, the, what are the events or events that made you want to get into the distillery business? And also, what made you want to write this book about the whole business? Being the first lady to distill in, in, in North Carolina, the great moonshine. Well, you know what happened was I met some old men up in the mountains in uh, Madison County, and that's west of Asheville. And they started bringing around jars of moonshine. And giving it to me as a little gift, you know. And uh, I would open that jar and smell it, and it would just be so, I mean, burn. It would just burn your nose, you know. And uh, finally I told all old guys, I said, you know, um, I'm not really drinking this, so y'all don't need to give me any more. And this one man in particular, Forrest Jarrett, he, he says to me, Troy, he says, I want you to know that keep the good stuff at home. And it doesn't get given away. And I said, well, Forrest, if you ever get your hands on the good stuff, I'd be really curious <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> and so, like, four months go by, and Forrest shows up at my house one day with a jar of this moonshine. He says, I got something special for you, Troy. <laughs> and I said, what is it? He goes, it's the moonshine. I said, no, no. He goes, no, this is the keeper time. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. He said, promise me you'll taste And so... That afternoon, my sister came over late in the day, and I said, Trish Forrest brought some more moonshine. He swears it's the keeper kind, the good kind, and why don't you taste it? <laughs> you know how you always do that to the siblings, right? Oh, yes, and ma'am. Anyway, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she took a drink, and she goes, gosh, Troy, this is pretty good. You need to at least taste it. So I took a little sip, and sure enough, it was like a whole different you know, breed. It was a very smooth, nice white whiskey. And I couldn't figure out what made it different or why it was different. But I thought, I'm going to go down to the liquor store tomorrow, and I'm going to buy the white whiskeys on the market and see if they taste like this. And at that time, this is 2008, there were only, I think, three products for sale in North Carolina that were white whiskeys. And I bought each of them, and I uh, tasted them, and they were nothing like what this guy had bought me. You know, they were rough and burning hot and poorly made. And Anyway, so that sort of set me on this journey because I thought, gosh, if there's such a thing as a high-quality white whiskey, why in the world aren't we drinking American cocktails? You know, why are we drinking Russian vodka cocktails? Exactly. When, when we've got a really clean, beautiful white uh, spirit in America. So that's what started this whole <laughs> ball rolling and about the book, I mean, uh, my son actually uh, is, I have two disabled sons, um, Marshall and Colton, and my third son is adopted. But Marshall and Colton are in wheelchairs and nonverbal and require full-time care. And um, so I named the whiskey brand Troy and Sons because my life had been about trying to take care of my boys, and I was hoping to create a business that would support them, you know, when, when I'm old. But anyway, 
um, Marshall had Marshall wrote a book, my older son, using an alphabet board, and he was on the Oprah Winfrey show in 1999, and, and that show turned his book into a huge bestseller. And then Oprah had him back on the show in 1999, 2000, and 2001. And um, so Marshall said to me I needed to write a book that told something about his story because he's an, a very unique uh, person. And so I filed that away and said, well, one day I'll get around to it. And and then a friend encouraged me to write write the story. And it, as you know how life happens to you, Jr. Yes. Sometimes you just end up meeting somebody who happens to be the right guy, and and the next thing you know, something else good is happening in your life. That's how this book came in, into being, really. I uh, went to an event out in California for Variety magazine, and I was pouring little samples of whiskey for, you know, the highfalutin movie stars that were there. And the bartender was a young 28-year-old who acted a little, and he, and he happens to tell me that he had written a film and he was going to try to raise money to get it produced. And I was impressed with this young kid. He was that energetic, you know. And he said I'm, he was doing an event in Soho in, in New York and inviting some millionaires to come to try to raise money. And I said, why don't you let me send some whiskey, just, you know, just as a, a favor so you get something kind of neat at that little event. And, and he was so blown away. And then he said, could you please come? And I said, well, gosh, when is it? And I found out I'm going to be in New York that day, just as chance would have it. And and so at the end of the day, I was exhausted. And I um, I thought, gosh, I don't want to have to tra- travel across New York City again. But I knew I'd feel badly if I didn't show up for this young young man. And I showed up, met a few people. One of the people I met was, um, of all things, a Syrian immigrant who had come to the States when he was 10 years old, and he now owned a very successful PR company in New York. And he was so taken with my story, uh, he asked for my card, he sends me an email the next day, and he says, you know, Troy, he says, I keep thinking about your story with your sons, and would it be all right if I passed your name on to a friend of mine in the book business? And I said, well, gosh, Abe, that's awfully nice of you. And, and then that's how that happened. And then I had a phone, one phone call with uh, Peter McLigan in, in uh, New York, and, and he said, gosh, I have a, a writer who would love to co-write this book with you. I just know it. And he is Brett Witter. And I didn't know who Brett was, but I said, gosh, I'm happy to talk to him. So I had one phone call with Brett Witter and told him my story, and he said, geez, he says, I would really be interested in writing this, co-writing this book with you. And I said, well, where do you live, Brett? He says, Decatur. And I said, you're kidding. Isn't that beside Atlanta? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to be in Atlanta in two days. <laughs> right on so, time, right? <laughs> I know. You know how it's just those dominoes. It's just things in life happening, you know, if you let it. If you, sometimes if, you, if you're just open to letting things happen, it all happens right and well and um so i i met him in atlanta we had a cup of coffee and spent two or three hours just talking he cried three times in the conversation he was so touched by parts of my story and so he when we got up he said tori i want to help you with this book well later i found out he had written um monuments men the film that starred george clooney um he just 
just uh, had uh, had in production the movie Strong that was being filmed with Jake Gyllenhaal. And last week he told me um, that they had just signed Sandra Bullock in one of his uh, films, one of his books. So he is a very amazing writer, and Hollywood uh, loves his, his books. I think he said they've bought seven of his books for films. And he's a just a genuine guy, lives there in Decatur with his uh, family, and he's hardworking, and he just put a lasso on me and <laughs> set me down. <laughs> and we hammered out this book over about eight, eight, eight or nine months. Now, Troy, it's funny you say Decatur. I was just there today. I went to the mall today in Decatur. I was at the mall. Oh, my gosh. Well, Brett's going to be with me at the uh, Toco Hill Library event. So I hope I'll get to meet you there, Jr. You need to come over for that. Yes, ma'am. I hope I'll have a Hawk game to do that night. Hopefully I can get out of there. If it's a Hawk game, I'll come up there and see you up there. I'm oh, sit- gosh, I wish. I-, I wish because it would be fun. I'll give you a hug and get to taste some of my whiskey. Oh, I, I would love it. That's always a good thing. Well, I don't day. know. They might not let us pour the whiskey at the library. <laughs> hey, I can come to, the, to, come to my car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could probably find my way there. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. I also tell you, your story really warmed my heart, too, because uh, my two older brothers are intellectually, intellectually delayed. So it's like I'm the big oh. brother, but they're older than me. So oh, I can really? empathize with you because my two brothers, I've had to kind of be there for them. My, both of our, my parents have both passed away. They say I have their mothers, but our father, we're saying father. So mm-hmm. I've kind of been like dad brother mental yes. you know i'm just happy well, JR, they're, they're i just me. learned a whole lot about you i just learned a whole lot about you uh, yes. because i know i know what that means and i and i tell you i admire whatever you do for those boys those brothers of yours because it's it takes a family it takes a village to take care of special needs um you know people and and my younger son of course is in the same role you're in he's He's adopted, and his two older brothers really, you know, will never ever be independent. Exactly. Um, so, I, I applaud you for helping your stepmothers and for taking good care. You know, any any little kindness is is appreciated. I know. Yes, you know what? Yeah. They warm my heart. Those are my two best friends and my older brothers. They oh. make me happy. You know, so, you know. Oh. I, I try to give them a piece of my lifestyle, have them with me. Mm-hmm. They, they might not fully grasp it, but just to have them with me and make them happy and all the guys who I work with, the players I meet, the teams I cover, they're all nice to my brothers and allow them to come around. And so I really appreciate the people's warmth to them and making them feel as normal as possible. You know, I try to give them as oh. much normalness as possible. Now I'm making feel like they're different, you know. So I, I, I'm happy for people people like that. And when I heard your story, I was like, that's pretty much me with my older brothers. And I really mm-hmm. get that with that. And I really appreciate that. You know, and that's what my foundation yeah. does too. My foundation is about intellectual disabilities, helping kids with those disabilities be, really? be as normal as possible. Oh, so, that is fantastic. I'm uh, Well, you need to let me donate something if y'all have an auction or whatever, because I like to support what I can. And I tell you, it sounds like you have a pure heart, too. Yes, ma'am, and, um, I do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like I can say, you know, mm-hmm. being, I'm 29 years old. I'll be 30 in March. And just, you know, l- losing both of my parents before they age before they of 27 kind of, you know, showed me how precious life is, you know, and uh-huh. losing them both qu- quickly. Like it wasn't expected to happen so fast. So and I, I got put in position to take care of my brothers 
around my radio career. Yeah. So just having to be in that position is the Lord has blessed me to be humble and always take mm-hmm. things take, take things for what they are. Never let take anything for granted because this is life you ever know what happens. Like like, like your story, things all happen for a reason. Yeah. You're, you're using New York for a reason, you know. Using the indicator mm-hmm. in this case for a reason. So it's all part mm-hmm. of the Lord's plan to get you the way that you are today. And that's why I truly believe exactly. that. That's why I'm trying to live my life by every day. Exactly. Well, you know, don't you feel that you that you have special gifts because of your brother's special needs? You're right about that. that. that you, yes, you have. You know, you have uh, undoubtedly been shaped by having those guys in your life, and it's made you a stronger and better person. I'm certain of it. It has made me um, so humble and appreciative. Yeah, it makes you humble and, and grateful. Grateful um, for all your blessings and, and what you can do for others. Yes, indeed. I mean, pe- people ask me, you know, what do you hope that this book does? You know, what do you hope Pure Heart does? I said, well, I hope it inspires people to realize that no matter what kind of challenges they face, they can do something with their lives. They can overcome um, the obstacles that they face and, and you know, turn lemons into lemonade. You know, I hope that the book inspires people that way. And gosh, I'm so glad to know a little bit about your history. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I I can tell you this. uh, My mother on her deathbed even told me this, told me that, hey, as long as you have breath, you can do anything you want to do. She said, Mm -hmm. I'm not have much breath left in me, but you got breath left in you for a long time. And accomplish your goals with with the breath of the you have remaining. So that's I bet your mother would be very proud. Very, mm-hmm. You yeah. know what? I, I go around the country. You're 29 years old. My sons are 30 and 28, so you're exactly right in the middle there. And I go around and I meet, you know, amazing young people like this boy who's doing the films out in Hollywood and a musician out in Brooklyn and here and there. And I always tell them, I said, you know what? You're going to be my adopted son now. And I think I'm going to have to make you be an adopted son now, Jr. because we, you know, we are all one big family, really. Yes, we are. And, and, and it's important that we find people out there in life who are there for us. You know, you know, you can send a text and say, hey, just hey, or you can send a text and say, hey, I've got an issue. Or I'm thinking about something. What do you think? And uh, so I'm, I'm including you in my, in my group of sons because... I think it's important. I want to. I want to do that with people, and and I know you do it with people. Yes, yes, ma'am. You know, and uh, you know it's crazy. Like I said, I was so excited to talk to you. I, I was telling some of the guys in Houston about your book. Uh, cause I was at the Super Bowl because the Falcons were down at the Super Bowl. I was down there for that, and I told oh, some nice. of the guys about your book, and I was like, "Well, we don't get tested in the off season. We can get some of that." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they can uh, they can find out troyball dot com. They can find it out out about the books and the whiskey. Yes, and uh, I must ask you, how does it feel to be the first woman licensed to distill hard liquor in North Carolina? You know, I love. Carolina well, you know what? You're going to get a kick. They are. You're going to get a kick out of this. When I became licensed in North Carolina, I actually was the first woman to become licensed in America to make whiskey. Oh wow. Did you know that? I, there were one or two other women out there that had formed um, distilleries, but they were producing, like, one, I think, was making a gin, and one was making a vodka. 
which are very different beasts from whiskey. Um, they're, you know, actually they're often made from just neutral grain spirits they buy in bulk. And we were actually growing our grain, doing our own fermentations and distillations all on site. So, you know, we were doing it the, the harder way. Um, so, yeah, if, you know, I didn't know I was going to be the first woman to do that. Um, at the time, I was just doing it because it, it seemed like the right thing to do. It's, I remember a very smart man um, once said to a large crowd of people, Ross Perot back in the day, he said, if you want to be successful in a business, you need to study an industry and figure out what's missing. And so I had always remembered that. And when I ran across this white whiskey that I knew was not on the market, the style of, you know, really clean, beautiful white whiskey, I thought, well, there's something missing on the market. And actually it's missing on the American market um, at accounts, at, at liquor at bars and things like that, because we should be drinking American cocktails. American-based cocktails. So, you know, I just—that's how I—that's why I made the decision to do this. It's kind of—it's kind of wild. You never know where your life will lead you. <laughs> You're right about that, cause uh, I'll tell you, I thought I was gonna be in the NFL, but that, that didn't—that didn't work out for me. Now I'm on radio. Uh, <laughs> you know, really? so, yeah, I played football, so I thought I'd make oh the NFL as a wide receiver, but that didn't happen. So. I had to go oh, to the radio real wow. fast. I don't, I don't you know what? I have, one NFL, I have one NFL story. I grew up and went to school with Eric Dickerson. I don't know if he, you ever he, heard of him. I like that guy. He, I saw him oh, my gosh. You should have seen him in high school play football. Oh, he, he, would, he would run down the field to stiff arm and the guys that would try to tackle him, and they'd go flying. And some of the games, we'd have to just cancel the game because the other team wouldn't have enough players left. Wow, that is that's crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, anyway, well, you know, we we sometimes we life doesn't go the way we think it's supposed to go, and then it's funny because you look back and you realize that, gosh, some other door opened, and and it and it leads to a really remarkable place too. I and I think that it's that important, it isn't it? I could tell you that I'm gonna tell you that, that it was God that made the NFL because losing both mm-hmm. of my parents at the ages I did, who would take care mm-hmm. of my brothers? I was in the NFL. Yeah. You know, being in radio, I'm yeah. able to work my shift, work work my shift, cover the game, and come home. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility to be at home with them. So mm-hmm. exactly. I know that was God. And also, why. you're you're able to touch lives. You're yes. able to inspire people and impact their their experience on a day-to-day basis and you might not have had that experience if you've been in the NFL you know you 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 wouldn't have been able to reach into people's hearts you wouldn't have been able to show people your pure heart I'm I I think you're where you needed to be you know it may not be what you wanted but but you know we, we 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 just have to make the best out of whatever we've got in our life and that's not always easy and it's hard to stay upbeat about it all the time but but at the end of the day, I think usually something positive can come out of everything. You're, you're so right about that. And I must ask you this, Troy. It's really well. I want to know from you. What all goes into making good moonshine? And what does moonshine originate from? Is it is it like a mm-hmm. backwoods thing, or is it like a thing that was before it came over to the country? Like how did where did it come from? And what's different about moonshine now than back then? Okay. Well. Uh, 
actually, in the, in the day, back in the 1700s, it wasn't called moonshine. The term moonshine only happened after Prohibition, when it became illegal and they started making whiskey at night under the light of the moon. But we have made whiskey in America since the Founding Fathers came. And, uh, and that tradition was brought over originally by the Scotch-Irish. So up in the mountains, all up and down the East Coast, uh, from the north to the south, even all the way to Texas, uh, whiskey was made by on, on local farms. And um, everyone made whiskey. It was very, very common because it, whiskey, or white spirits, were the basis of medicines even. So every, every family had a jar of, of what we call moonshine now, but they would have just called it uh, whiskey then. And they would infuse uh, herbs in it and a little honey and a little um, rock candy and, and then some medicinal plants. And that's what people took for medicine. So whiskey is traditionally made from corn. And in the authentic uh, moonshines, uh, were made from corn, water, and yeast. There was no sugar in them. In the turn of the century, in the early 1900s and late 1800s, when sugar started to be more available, sugar was then included in the fermentation process because it sped it up. Sugar is you know, easily fermented. But real whiskeys, in fact, anything that's labeled whiskey cannot have sugar in it. So when you talk to people who are making whiskey today, you'll find most of them are actually making rum, but they call it moonshine. It's a fermentation with sugar and corn. Um, but anyway, so, and also we make our whiskey with an old heirloom variety of white corn that had survived on this family farm since the mid-1800s. And and that's what our ancestors would have used. They would have been using white corn because that was people's bread corn and hominy. They made hominy from it and things like that. So it was the typical corn that people ate back in the day. Yellow corn was for feeding livestock. And um, I've, I've been really amazed that white, these white whiskeys and moonshines were every man's um, occupation. I mean, in all the communities, in, in the black community, African-American, and the white community, they all had a history of making moonshine. And, and it's, it's something that shouldn't be lost in our society uh, because it's part of our, our ancestry and our culture. Now, you know, we should be careful about how we consume it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. You're right about that. Yeah. Anyway, I hope I answered your question. Oh, you did. You did a great job. I was gonna tell you a quick story. I, I I got moonshine. I was 16 years old at the barbershop, Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had it at the barbershop shop underneath the barber counters for us to get get you some moonshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I was like perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell my mother that I got some, but I left the barbershop shop <laughs> right. feeling pretty good <laughs> that day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My mother about had a heart attack when I started making whiskey, you know, because she didn't drink at all. And uh, and for her daughter to decide to open a distillery was just shocking. You know, she just, but after five years, 
she finally got to the point where she was telling people, oh, this is my daughter. She founded a distillery. (laughs) (laughs) So she slowly came around, but it was a a long time coming. And uh, for the people who are going to buy your book, uh, Pure Heart, A Spirited Tale of Grace Gritted Whiskey, what do you want them to get out of this book, Troy? Because I want my listeners to really go out there and get your book and come support you at the events in town here coming up here real soon. Mm-hmm. Right, and I hope they come see me at, at the Trestle Hill Library at 7 p.m. on the 28th. Um, well, I, you know what? I, it's, a, it's a mother's story of raising special needs children um, and, and having one child kind of do unbelievable things. And touch, Marshall touched the lives of millions of people with his with his thoughts and books. And, and so it's that story. And then it's the really coming of age story for a a woman who founded her business, but she had to wait until her children were healthy enough and old enough and there, we weren't in a financial uh, crisis. Actually, we were right in the middle of a financial crisis after 2008 when I founded the distillery, but hopefully it'll be an inspiring story and and fun. You should laugh and cry both when you read this book. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I'm definitely inspired by your book, Troy, because I feel like, you know, you and my stories kind of similar to each other, which really... Exactly. It rang home with me, you know, it makes me feel good to see people having the same struggle I had, the same journey I'm on, and living and living their dream, because I know for me, this is a dream right now I'm living. This is a, I never oh. thought when I was a kid I would be a radio host and having a, a nice show, the size of this, the show I have now, and just able to do what I've been able to do the last seven years of radio. Oh, I never thought I had this... Goodness. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you and I know your mother and father would be proud of you too Um, I I think it's remarkable and I do feel we have a similar we have a similar story and I hope 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 JR I get to meet you and and I just you know I want you to know you're 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 one of the boys You've got my cell number, and you can just call me anytime. Well, I'm definitely going to send you a text when we get through this interview, send you a text with all my information on there. And, you know, I can't wait. To, uh, hopefully the 28th, the Hawks will have a game that day, hopefully. I'm praying because they'll have a game that okay, day. Okay, okay. Well, I'll be, in ta- I'll be in town all day. You can, I can meet up with you earlier. Okay, so that sounds you, good. Don't you worry. I'd really like to, to spend some time with you and, and uh, hear about your foundation. I'm setting up a foundation as well in Asheville, so maybe we have some common ground there. Oh, yes, we do, Troy. And I, I say it's been a great time having you on the show. Usually I don't do interviews this long, but you were so good. I said forget commercials. I'm going to blow right through those. I'll get those later. <laughs> All right, you tell everybody now, your son, Jr. I your will. son, Jr. Troy and sons, and you're one of my sons. I'm claiming you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it so much. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome, Troy. You have a great day. I'll talk to you soon now, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks, that was Troy Ball here on the Boss Man Show.
I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team. And I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge. To find out more information about the Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft. Whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft, Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. 